So have you had a computer that is it's brand new? And you turn it on, and I mean it just boots up immediately, and you can go right to it. I was in the Apple store the last couple of weeks over in uh, Altamont. What a beautiful place. And you would go in there, and they had computers all over the place, brand new. And as soon as you would touch on a browser and you'd hit something you wanted to see, it would pop right up. There was no wheel spinning. There was nothing going on. There was no waiting. It was like, bam. It was phenomenal. But what happens over time, even with the best computer, is it sometimes gets slow, sometimes takes a little while to start. You get the blue wheel and it starts spinning and spinning and spinning. It's amazing. It went from doing so good to now getting a little harder, getting a little slower, not quite working like it should, not remembering the things it could. Sounds like us. Yeah. I can remember when I could jump out of bed just like that. I could hear everything. I could sleep good. Every now and then, we all need a reboot. Don't you know that? I mean, we all really need one. Now, we may not recognize that we need one until somebody tells us, hey, you need to try again. Something's going on there. And, you know, you can read the definition of a reboot. It means something's got to be booted again. And it's supposed to restart or revive and give fresh impetus. Does anybody want to be renewed, revived, or need some fresh impetus? Yeah, I know I do. Hallelujah. I want you to know that we're going to be talking today about a story about a guy named Peter. Now, Peter is a complex individual. There's a lot about him, but I'm just going to hit on some stuff with Peter that I hope you'll see what happened with Peter is he got to where he needed a reboot. And the person that rebooted him was Jesus Christ. He is the same person that can reboot us. Look at this in Matthew 4.18. Now, so Peter is in all four Gospels. And I'm going to run through a story of him sort of shortly. And it comes from all the different pieces of the gospel because I want to get the timing right. And I want you to understand what really went on in his life, at least part of it. In Matthew 4.18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net in the lake, for they were fishermen. And come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. And at that very moment, they left their nets and they followed him. Peter became a disciple. He started following Jesus. And shortly after he got off his boat, put down his nets, took off his white rubber boots that the fishermen wear. Well, maybe Peter didn't have white rubber boots. But he left his boat. He left his business. He left his nets. He left his income. 
He left everything he had, and he followed Jesus. And he's following Jesus, and they're going to go to Peter's house. And look what happens. I mean, immediately after Peter uh, is a disciple, he gets to enjoy some of the fruits of being with Jesus. I'll tell you, there are advantages to being with Jesus and following Jesus. Here's just one. When he came to Peter's house, Jesus, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in a bed with a fever. He, he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. And when evening came, they're still there. Many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and drove out the spirits with his word and he healed all of the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He healed his mother-in-law. Now, the scripture doesn't say whether Peter wanted his mother-in-law healed or not. But he healed the mother-in-law. And everyone else that was brought there that day, he healed them. I know many of you have seen people who have been healed. Many of you have been healed. And so you know what it's like to see someone that is healed miraculously. You know what it's like to see a changed life. Peter had been fishing, casting them nets, talking with the guys. We'll find out later his language wasn't always so good. Get over it. It's okay. You can leave all that behind and you can follow the Lord. And so after... All these folks were healed sick. Peter was part of that. The scriptures specifically call him out. Man, he was there. And there was a man, Jairus or Jairus, depends on your, your preference. He had a daughter, a young daughter that was sick. And it's recorded in Luke 8, 42. Uh, and he was coming to Jesus. But as he was coming to Jesus, people came from his house and said, Don't bother him. Your, your daughter's dead. Don't bother him. But in verse 42, it says, because his only daughter, a girl about 12, was dying. And as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had a subject of bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So she came up behind him and just touched his garment. She was healed immediately. And Jesus was wondering who touched him. And the disciples, they said, look, everybody's around. Everybody's here. Who's pressing against you? But the daughter had died. Can you imagine the feeling of a father who's come to get his daughter healed and the word comes back, she didn't make it. But Jesus heard this. Peter was there. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she'll be healed. And when he arrived at the house of Jairus, he didn't let anyone go with him except Peter and John and James, the child's father and mother. And I'll tell you what happened. He went in and he just told the girl to get up. Is there something dead that needs awakening? I just want to speak the name of Jesus. The child was raised from the dead. The people couldn't believe it. But Peter was there. What impact must that have again and again to see a healing? But Peter was in a boat with Jesus going across the, the sea. 
And he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you on the water. And the Lord said, come. He's saying that to us, by the way. Come. And when Peter got down out of the boat, he walked on the water, he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you a little faith, why'd you doubt? You see, it was Peter that was in the water. It was Peter that got lifted up. It was Peter that got saved. He was there. Man, this guy's getting to be where he's on the top of the world following Jesus. But from this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you're the Holy One of God. Peter believed in the Lord. Do you? Peter believed in the Lord. He reaped the benefits of being with the Lord. He was empowered by being with the Lord. And here's Jesus. He came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And he's asking us that question over and over. Yes. Simon Peter answered, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not received to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, I tell you that you are Peter. On this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This guy, Peter, was just a fisherman. And now, he's seen healing after healing after healing. He's seen miracles. He's been part of a miracle. Jesus lifted him up out of the water. It says that the Lord God himself has showed him who Jesus is. And now he's saying, my church is going to be built on you. Peter's running just like one of those computers in the Apple store. He's smooth. He's sharp. He's ready to go. Nothing can stop him. Mark 8.33 says this, When he began to teach them that the Son of the Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. No, it's not going to be that way, Jesus. No way. No way this is going to happen. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, and he rebuked Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter was concerned about himself. And that is the root of the issue. So as Peter's struggling with knowing exactly what to do and how to do, he, he just asks Jesus a simple question. It was talked about in Bible study this morning. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Seven times? 
Jesus said, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Peter's learning what he needs to do. And Jesus' life is coming to an end. He's going to be crucified, dead, buried, and risen. But the disciples can't quite grasp it. And I want you to know that Jesus trusted Peter so much that here's what he did. Luke 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And he was like the number one guy, the go-to guy. Have you ever been the go-to guy? Has it ever rested on your shoulders? Have people depended on you? That's when you have to be careful. That's when you have to pause to make sure you're right every day. The book of John says that Simon Peter was asking, Lord, where are you going? He said, where I'm going, you cannot follow me. But you will follow me later. Peter said, Lord, if I can't follow you now, I'll lay down my life for you. Then Jesus said, you'll really lay down your life for me? I'll tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you'll disown me. How can that be? Man, the guy that's in Jesus' right-hand pocket, the rock who's going to build the church, the computer immediately boots up and Peter's there. He's taking care of stuff at the Passover. He's walking on the water. He left his fishing business. So after the Last Supper, they go to the garden. Just a group of guys. And Jesus goes a little further. It's recorded in Mark 14. Jesus was going to pray. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that when you will not fall into temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't know if you've ever prayed an hour before. I'm not telling you you have to pray an hour to be holy. But it's a hard thing. You see, the closer we get to the Lord, the more He's going to want to interact with us. The closer we get with the Lord, the more He's going to want to be with us. And I, I could be with my brother for hours. My father for hours. Tracy and I looked around the other day. We were sitting talking. And it had been five hours. We couldn't believe it. Yeah. The flesh is weak. And so they're in the garden. And they're approached. And Jesus is betrayed. Peter's right there. He's the guy. John 18 and Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. And Jesus commanded Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? You see, Peter was there when Jesus was betrayed. 
He was right there. And they took him away. Took him to the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. And then when some had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat there together, Peter sat down with them. And a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him. This man was with him. But he said, woman, I don't know him. You know, it's like the first time you notice your knees creak when you get up. It's the first time you notice that your back aches. It's the first time you notice that your computer starts slowing down. It's like my tooth's aching, but it's not bad enough. You know something's wrong. I didn't know him. A little later, someone else saw him. That night, it's dark. You're also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter said. Some of the other versions say that he cursed at him. About an hour later, another said, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. And Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he did the rooster crow, How can you go from the highest high to the lowest low? Yeah. Yeah. The Lord looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll have saw me three times. And went outside and wept bitterly. You know, failures normally compound failures. A failure after a failure, self-esteem, belief, failures compound failures. So here's what you've got to do. You've got to reboot. You've got to reboot. When you start seeing a failure, don't wait until the big dark screen comes on. Man, reboot. We all have system failures. Every single one of us. It, it may be slow running or you may freeze up. It, it, it may be just one time or I suspect all of us can go back in our lives and say, man, I thought I... I thought I killed that. I thought that was gone. It needs to be gone. See, if you don't reboot a system in failure, then it stays in failure. God doesn't want you in failure. Period. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. He wants you working profit perfectly and properly. After all this had happened with Jesus, Peter had been there. He'd seen it all. Jesus was crucified. He showed up. Saw some folks. 
talked to some disciples. And here's what Peter did. He did what many of us do when we start to lose faith. He went back to doing what he was doing because it's easy, it's comfortable. I've got an old flannel shirt. I keep it in my truck. Now, that's 101 degrees yesterday. But I've got that flannel shirt. It goes on easy. If I go somewhere and I get chilled, it's it's as far away as my truck is. Here's what Peter did, John 21. He said, I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told him. And they said, we'll go with you. You have no idea. You have no idea what your actions do to others. Come on now. Come on. I'm going back here. Y'all coming? I'm going to go over here. Y'all coming? Jesus said, you, you're the guy I'm going to build my church on. I'm going fishing. We'll go with you. So they went out in that boat that night. They caught nothing. But early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize it was him, and he called out. Had he caught any fish? And they said, no. You know how the voice goes over the water? If you've ever been a fisherman, you better be careful if you're in a boat and you're talking too loud, other people can hear you. <laughs> Mighty, mighty. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Disciples who loved Jesus said to Peter, it's the Lord. There's so many stories here with Peter. And he said, bring in the fish you've caught. So Simon Peter climbed back in the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many... The net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. You know when you've done something wrong to somebody, and then you're back with them, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. You know, it's like... Who's going to say something about it first? Like you really mess up. And then you're sitting there. Having a meal or a cup of coffee. What do you say? What do they say? How does all this work out? When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. And then again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Take care of my sheep. The third time, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. 
I don't know what, might need a reboot in your life. I don't know what situation, what relationship, what past hurts, what things that you've let lay there when you're sitting with someone and you realize there's some tension. Just pick two areas this week that you can reboot on. Remember, failures compound failures. And Peter, after his reboot with Jesus, after this reboot that Jesus had with Peter having a meal, Peter was an early leader in the church. He fulfilled what Jesus said. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit with others filled him. After that, he gives a sermon. 3,000 are saved. He heals a lame man that was lame from birth. His shadow walks by people, and they're healed. A lady that's paralytic in Lydia, she's healed. In Joppa, he heals a dead woman believer. Look, there's no limit what you can do with God. Peter was a fisherman that didn't have any degree. He wasn't formally trained. He had no pedigree. He didn't hang out with the right crowd. He hung out in the boat docks. He was impulsive and had a temper. He cussed, he lied, and he denied. But he was changed. That definition of reboot is to revive or renew. Computer folks will sometimes tell you, you need to do a hard reboot. Hold that button down 10 seconds. Unplug everything. Get back in focus. Is your focus Jesus Christ? I mean, is your focus Jesus Christ? Because, you know, if it's not, you're not going to enjoy a relationship like He wants with you. And you come today and you think, is He talking to me? And the answer is yes. Yeah, I'm talking to you. If you hear my voice and you're not right with God, if there's an area that you need to reboot... I'm going to ask you to bow your heads in just a moment. You may be in the choir. You may play the drums. And still need a reboot. Let's pray. Dear God, today we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that he came so that we could reboot, revive, renew our lives. And Father, for anyone that hears my voice right now, right deep within their spirit, Father, that you would speak to them. And that area or areas that they have that need a change, I'd ask you to help them right now. Just in their mind, push that button. In their heart, push that button. Start anew. Father, we know that by your example here, we're never too far from you. Your arm's not too short that you can't grab us. That you'll come to us in our failure. You'll come to us when we freeze up. 
You'll come to us, God, when we can't just get it right. And you'll help us renew. Dear Lord, I thank you for that right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. We'll have some folks that will pray for you if you'd like. And if you'd like some prayer, please come on up. Uh, Paul's going to play some music. And uh, if not, you're dismissed. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hello. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook at thelivingcornerstone.org. Be blessed.